0: I'm Nisha Zachary, and this is The Zigzag Leap, brought to you by Permission to Leap. For years, I've been talking to people about having permission to take a leap of faith. We all know that life doesn't happen in a straight line, so how do you overcome your past and possibly current circumstances to live the life you were created for? Stick around to hear our guest answers that will lend you some courage to give yourself permission to leap, no matter how twisted the path may be you know, during the early days of the pandemic, including during the lockdown, we all experienced our own version of trauma and our own version of transformation. At the beginning, I was kind of in a peaceful panic. I've been working home for years now and suddenly there were a lot more people home with me um, and a lot of changes that were coming around. Our goal of course was to keep the children protected and to keep ourselves protected so we worked out new routines of who would be leaving the house for what what happens when they come back into the house and then one day i thought to myself huh you're doing your normal thing with a side of panic it wasn't helpful and it was transferring to the kids towards the end of the year 2020 i sat down with my friend karen ricks who is a chef world schooling mom former montessori teacher an all-around calm voice in a world full of chaos. In this conversation, we talked about the similarities between baking and life, raising children to make their own decisions, and the choice you have with the kind of life you want to live. I invite you to listen to this conversation, then determine what kind of life you want to lead. And I hope it's one that always takes a leap of faith. Today, I am talking to Karen Ricks, The chef extraordinaire who travels the world with her family and has this amazing way of bringing food down to the masses where we can actually enjoy making it as well as eating it so karen welcome
1: Thank you so much for having me, Nisha. It's wonderful to be able to catch up with you again.
0: It is. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. It's been, I think we determined like about two years since we were able to talk. too long. (laughs) Yes, way too long. So I'm wondering if you can tell um, the audience a little bit more about what you do and how you got to this point of doing what you do.
1: Sure. Well, I love the way you described it. You were talking about making food preparation as well as the eating part fun. And that's really exactly what I do. I feel like not just as adults, but as children, (laughs) everything has become so serious, so goal oriented, so end product focus that sometimes, you know, we forget to enjoy the journey <laughs> in life and especially that. in food preparation. And so I teach you to play with your food. <laughs> we have so much fun enjoying the amazing multi-sensory experience that is searching for food and exploring different food combinations and actually getting your nose and fingers and mouth in the sampling of all of the ingredients while we're actually cooking a variety of global cuisines. And of course, when you get involved so deeply in the process from the beginning, I feel like the enjoyment at the end is that much greater.
0: I love that. So as a former preschool teacher, myself and I know that you've taught like for many, many years as well. So I remember like one of the main lessons was um, it's all about the process, not the product. So like everybody's in preschool, everybody's stuff would look totally different by the time we were finished. Um, Even though we all gave them the same process, but how even though we all interpret, we all interpret the process differently And so our end result is different, but it's enjoying the process that really makes a difference. And that's why I like what you do, because you make it enjoyable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it should be fun. Absolutely. But you're right. When, you know, you think of that kind of preschool craft sort of idea, you think of, you have this collection of items that you start with, and you follow steps A, B, C, D, E, F, Uh G, whatever. And then you end up with, and you have this pretty little picture at the end. (laughs) And the goal is always, okay, we'll just do the steps in this order. And, you know, put this feather here, put the little nose on here. And then when you're finished, everybody should look exactly the same. And we know that that's not the way it actually
0: happens. (laughs) But
1: oftentimes in an attempt to get there, there's just lots of, of stress and anxiety about the wrong thing. in trying to get to that exact same end product and why would we want to do that I mean I think people are slightly more adaptable when it comes to food because we all know that we don't necessarily enjoy the exact same flavors the exact same tastes and textures you know we might all season our things just a little bit differently. And and that's sort of generally acceptable. So if we go into it with that kind of a mindset, well, then we can all enjoy the process more knowing that when we get to the end, whatever we've made can be exactly what we want
0: individually, which helps us to
1: enjoy it that much more, right?
0: Yes, exactly. And I think that's why I like when my kids make the food. Because it's like they're more, not guaranteed to eat anything because <laughs> they're at no. this picky stage, but they're more <laughs> likely to eat it if yeah, they can yeah. see the process of getting it from, you know, the table. I mean, from the farm to the table um, or from the store to the table, whatever the case may be at that, for that particular dish. So I love that.
1: Absolutely. I (laughs) do
0: too. So you said something there um, that like really just stuck with me um, about it being a safe thing. Um, You know, we've been through all of this stress and this year has been more stressful than any in my memory. (laughs) Yes. You know, like it's like taking the SAT every single day this year. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So I'm wondering, like for me growing up, food was always my safe place. Um like I would bake with my grandmother. And like I was telling you before, like now I do that with my kids. I bake um to to make things better to calm down emotions. Um, so what is what is your take on like the swirl of emotions and energy that's going around and, and what you do?
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right. 2020 has been <laughs> so much more intensity, it feels like of all the emotions, everything on the spectrum crammed into a shorter period yes. than we've ever experienced in our mm-hmm. entire lives and the nature of the, the isolation that's come with this virus that's roaming the planet means that we've all been stuck indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, but also kind of figuratively boxed in, in yeah. a way that we never have been and without so much of the distraction of going places and interacting with other people in the way that we're used to, we're, we're kind of forced to, to sit with ourselves and with our emotions, with the intensity Hmm. of these emotions in a way that many people have never been personally challenged to do. And that has been really, really hard this year. (laughs) Very,
0: very hard. And
1: the joy, the, the beauty (sighs) of what I have been blessed to do this year is to share with people the the joyful, the the mindfulness, the, the really meditative process that food preparation can be. You know, early in the spring when the lockdowns really kind of first spread literally worldwide. I know there was a, a long period of lots of natural bread baking, sourdoughs and starters, natural yeast and all this yes. stuff. And some people went through that, you know, for a quick period and then let it all go. But baking in general, like you mentioned, can be, you know, a really just kind of slow, relaxing process. And I dove deeply into the sourdough, the natural bread baking, the bread baking in general. And I think a big part of that was the very meditative practice that that baking can be. The fact that you have to really be physically and mentally and emotionally present when you are kneading the dough. You get your hands into that sticky mass of flour and water and you have to take the time to work it. You have to concentrate on what you're doing and after this process then you have to let it rest but you don't step away from it for hours at a time or weeks yeah. day, days or weeks or months at a time you, you set it aside for a short period and then you come back to it and then you dive in again and you have to be fully present in the yeah. kneading in the shaping in the baking and that the, the very focused Uh, quality of that time. I think I I referred to it constantly this year, especially as as a baker's meditation, but it's really a practice in being present. And it's also so exciting because the nature of the kitchen chemistry that's happening in the process really does give you very quick feedback about how well you're focused on that process, how, how well it's, it's working out, how much of your time and energy and effort is really going to produce something greater. But because it's food, then, you know, <laughs> it's finished and you eat it and then you come back and you have to do it again.
0: Wow. And
1: I shouldn't say you have to. I, I should say you get to do it again. Yeah. And there's a wonderfully reflexive process that allows you to take a moment to evaluate what worked well in that last process. What might I like to tweak a little bit, change a little bit? How can I improve upon that process? And you immediately get to apply it again. And you have to stay present and you have to stay focused. And it can be fun. Yes, It can be a distraction from, you know, some of the other stuff maybe. But it's a chance to immediately apply the lessons that you've just learned and do something else with it. And coming back to that process day after day, week after week, month after month, this year has been an Im- incredible space and time of, of growth. And it's been so joyful to return to again and again. So the
0: Baker's Meditation. Got to yeah. that
1: one.
0: So I agree 100%, you know, like the the automatic feedback, because if you if you're not on your hands just right when it comes to kneading that dough, like if you do it too long, then, you know, the dough goes one way and like it's ruined. If you don't do it enough, then, you know, it goes another way and it's ruined. So it's like you really do have to focus on what it is you're doing. Although I've made some pretty awesome cookies, biscuits Mm -hmm. or whatever after I've messed up some bread dough, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, okay, this isn't going to work for this project anymore. Let's just throw it over here. And I think again, using bread as an example for like life in general, you don't have to throw it away. You can just you know? like repurpose. Everything that you um, need is right there in your hands. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of what you decide to do with it.
1: Yes. Yes. And it responds to you. Yes. Just like we respond to it. There's a real back and forth in the process that helps to check just how well you're paying attention. How yeah. interactive are you? How present are you really in the process? And how do you respond, especially if things start to go sideways, which <laughs> they very well can do. Yes, they do. <laughs> This has been the year where everything goes sideways. And we have an opportunity to really dive deeper within ourselves and see how do I choose to respond to that right now, today, in this moment? We don't like the way that we respond and we don't like the results of that. Well, again, we come back to it again the next day. And how do I choose to respond to that this time, in this moment? And we have an opportunity to make that choice each and every time and to continue to learn from the mistakes of the past, the successes. Yeah,
0: I. I (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, at the beginning of all of this, you know, with the lockdowns and all of that stuff, my reaction at the beginning was very different from what it is now, you know, like. I got swept up in the energy of the panic and there was like no baking, no making bread. Like, no, Um, I need to run out to the store and buy like all the bread I can find. And then it's like, (laughs) wait, this is not how like I grew up doing things. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, I already know how to take care of myself. I don't need to panic with the rest of the world. And so like now my response is to figure it out. Like what I need is right here. So let me do what I, what I need to do with what I have, as opposed to, like you said, just kind of reacting. That
1: is so great, though, because you said something that's so powerful. I don't need to go outside of myself. I don't have to go along with the flow of what everyone else is doing. Yes. Let me decide what I want to do. What do I choose to do with what I have? And we know as mothers yes. <laughs> preparing meals for our families, we do that all the time, right? That's an improvisational dance that we have mastered. Yes. And, come and, and sometimes we just need to remind ourselves again and again, I am the master of this improv. I can find whatever scraps are way back in the back of the pantry, whatever (laughs) is left or what's going to need to go soon in the bottom of the refrigerator. And we bring things together to make something that is so much greater than the sum of its parts. When we just take a moment to step back and say, what can I do with what I have in this moment right now? And I love
0: that. We, I absolutely that. love that.
1: Yeah. But when we stress about it or when we're concerned that it has to look like mm-hmm. someone else's something <laughs> or something else that has happened in the past because that's the way things are supposed to be done. Well, right. we know that that's just not the way the world works. <laughs> that's not how dinner comes together.
0: No, Never. Never. And if you think about it, depending on your mood, dinner turns out different every single time. You can cook Absolutely. the same dish 20 times. It's going to be different every single time.
1: It's, it's so true. And I talk all the time about how our ingredients, the, the different foodstuffs that we pull together, these are living ingredients. Food is a yes. living thing. And when we take the time to really and truly acknowledge that, you know, even the potatoes that we're pulling together for dinner today might be different from the ones that we had last week or last month or in the last season, right. you know, they're not the same each and every time. And so our approach can be similar, but even the exact same approach with living ingredients, uh-huh. is, it's going to respond differently. And like you said, our mood, the quality of the energy that we bring to the process changes that dynamic too. And if you're not doing it just by yourself, you know, you have some small hands that have come to help you in the kitchen while that's all coming together. There is another change in the dynamic with how everything comes together. And... Playing with your food, for me, is really about the recognition that everything's not going to be picture perfect, like something that you see in some recipe book in some tutorial video in, you know, this cooking show that you've watched where, you know, some chef did everything just so and, you know, presented it beautifully at the end. You know, life is not your 30-minute sitcom or whatever. It doesn't always have this picture perfect. but that's what makes it so much fun that's what makes it exciting (laughs) what makes every new day different and special from the one before and when we can embrace the imperfections in the process too it's really so much more fun (laughs) a lot less stressful
0: okay so you you do a lot of um cooking with your son so how does that change the dynamic of um what you're doing in the kitchen but also your dynamic with him
1: well it's interesting that you ask that question because for me for for our family that's just normal for us i mean i've been cooking with my son literally since he was an infant you know hanging out in a sling on that's my awesome. hip <laughs> so cooking together is it's really a natural extension of the rest of the relationship you know we've always done things together he is an integral part of the process. You know, when we have that conversation, well, you know, what do you want to have for dinner? It's not just me and my husband, but all three of us are talking about, well, I'd really like this, or I'd prefer not to have this, or, you know, what are we going to do with that one ingredient? Or what if we decided to do something like this? You know, we all have input. We all have a say in the decision-making process, and we come together together to do the shopping together. I love that. Doing the cooking together, just like we enjoy the eating together. It's, I, I honestly feel like, especially young children, but when when you have a say from the very beginning of the process, like I said, even starting with the selection of ingredients that are going to go into the meal, there's so much more ownership that, like you said, even if, You feel like, you know, your children might not want to eat all the stuff that you choose (laughs) when it's something that they choose. That ownership really gives them an opportunity to say, hey, you know, this isn't just something for everybody else. This isn't something I'm being forced to do. But this is my choice. This is what I have brought to the table to create, to share with the people that I love. And that kind of ownership and investment in the process gives them permission to enjoy it just like everybody else at the table.
0: Wow. Okay, so you just said a whole lot right there. <laughs> so they've gotten this permission all their life. Your son's been at it with you since he was in, in the sling. Has Do you think that that has opened him up for taking more responsibility personally um, in other, areas, like outside of the kitchen? Oh, absolutely!
1: Them? Absolutely, what I love about cooking with children is that it gives them the opportunity to demonstrate their independence in a way that very clearly and easily translates to so many other areas of their lives. The Montessori background with Uh which I was trained and the way I was raised is really about helping to encourage and develop independence in young children from the very youngest of ages, giving them the opportunity to make choices uh, in whatever ways they're capable of doing, depending on their age and maturity level, so that. When the time comes for them to really do things all on their own, they don't ever feel like I'm finally getting permission to do this. I've done this all along. This has always been about me and what I choose. So, for example, you know, I mentioned shopping. That's something that my son has always done. And so, deciding what we're going to have for a meal, he rarely comes to the table like asking, What's for dinner? it's more along the lines of, okay, you know, is such and such ready? Because that's what we agreed we were going to do today. Or um, can I, can I um, pick out the pasta now? Because this is what we all decided we were going to do. And that's what I really want. So I'm going to choose this shape of pasta because that's what we're going to cook today. Awesome. And, you know, I mean, from the time he was very small, you know, Mm -hmm. he would pick out his own clothes (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't uh, necessarily a matter of, I want to wear this shirt with these shorts. You know, it might've been something as simple as I've picked out two outfits and put them down on the lower rack of his closet. So, you know, the two year old, <laughs> the little right. toddler could come in and say, I want to wear the blue instead of the red or whatever. But he's made that choice. Right. And giving him that, that level of control, something that he was ready for, something that he can do from a very young age, means that he has always participated as fully as he's capable in the process. And so he expects that. That's the relationship that we have built.
0: Nice, nice, I like that. So then when he's ready to face his own 2020, he will be prepared (laughs) for making those decisions.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you have cooked all over the world. Is there one thing that you would say, like, is a universal truth when it comes to cooking and life?
1: Universal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not to get too complicated.
1: <laughs> it's not really complicated, honestly. Actually, maybe that is one of the things that's universal. It can be as simple or as complicated as we choose to make it. But it can also be as plain and boring and simple and repetitive or as wildly outrageous and creative and elaborate as we choose to make it too. I think that's one of the fun things for me about food. To me, it is a fun and creative process. And... It's that perspective, that really joyous, (laughs) fun perspective that I love to share with people because it really is true, not just of food, but of our lives. And that's what I really want to translate to parents, to other educators like myself, to other people who are just looking to add a little bit more fun into their day, whether you're cooking for yourself (laughs) For, for an enormous family gathering of friends and family, which we've all been missing out on this year, quite frankly. Right. <laughs> it's, it can be a joyous process if that's what you want to create. It can be this fun and elaborate bonding time and time of learning and time of connecting and time of sharing if that's what you want to make it. And when we dive into it with that expectation of enjoying the journey, (laughs) we can bring as many people along on that process as we choose to.
0: Love it. Okay, so how can people find you?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, we're always cooking up a storm at Our Kitchen Classroom. (laughs) That's our website, ourkitchenclassroom.com. And in our Play With Your Food community on Facebook, You can find my pictures with that hashtag Our Kitchen Classroom on Instagram. And we've got a YouTube channel too where we're teaching some of the various different global cuisines as we play with our food and share a lot of the lessons that we're learning as we are roaming all around the world. Awesome. I also seem to remember that you have a book book. Yes, you can find those on our website. There are a few, um, and more in the works. So you can find those on our store at ourkitchenclassroom.com.
0: Karen, it has been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me, and we hope Thank we can so do this so soon. Happy. Let's not do this two years from now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we'll definitely do it sooner rather than later.
0: All right. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from permission to leap, go to permission to and subscribe to our email list. When you do, we'll send you a digital leap guide. Thanks again and talk to you next time.